Coming up this week on the Course of Life podcast, we're ahead of the PGA Championship result, but it's an all-new episode with actor and movie star Robbie Amell joining the show. Really cool guest. He's part of that Amazon Prime series upload and has some exciting news about the show as well. Plus, we're touching on golf headlines from Oak Hill. We're tuned into a fun trip from Mike and an update to our timeless song list. And we're talking always end with food as well, too. Like I said, fun conversation with Robbie and Mel coming your way. Really great episode of Course of Life. All of it brought to you by our friends at the Live Take app. Mike and I are on there weekly. It's the place where sports debates get settled, plain and simple. We love the Live Take app because you can challenge your friends and people out there in the stratosphere, in the ethosphere of the internet, can vote on who is right on any sports debate of your choosing. The people decide the winner, not just your friends. So challenge us today on the Live Take app. Check out our challenge this week. We're debating new golf topics every single week. Again, it's the Live Take Sports app download today. interwebs and welcome to course of life we are proud to be presented by our friends at desert fox golf and the live take app i'm michael he's alex and alex it is we're recording on an unprecedented friday afternoon ahead of the finish of the pga championship but that's all right because we're going to pretend that it's over and we're going to talk about all the great storylines that happened anyway yeah that's right i heard what bryson beat rory and phil in a playoff or something like that and then rory was crying on the 18th green just crazy stuff like a 20-hole playoff, went into the night. Uh, Tiger came and rolled up in his car and turned the headlights <laughs> on so that Phil felt like he was playing for a lot of money. Tiger's um, driving again, Mike? <laughs> oh, no. Jesus. Yeah. God. Uh, but more lightheartedly, what we know is what we know already is that Oak Hill is a freaking bear of a course. Oh, you texted me early Thursday morning <laughs> at an unprecedented early moment in this tournament, and I was like, yeah, it's it's the real deal. They're, they were not holding back any punches this week. Yeah, I was like, what the what does what happened to John Rahm? He was like six over par at the start on Thursday. <laughs> Ejection uh, from a lot horrible. of the world's best players. <laughs> and and it created some very funny moments as well, too. The one we need to get to, Mike, is muddy Tom Kim. That's yeah. right. Uh, Tom Kim, uh, the PJ Tour player who's, what, 20, 21 years old. He has the face of a 12-year-old. Yep. He's named after Thomas the Tank Engine. And now all, the, all of a sudden, he finds himself covered in mud. I mean, sometimes when you're in uh, upstate New York after a frost warning, you you know, you find yourself hitting the that's ball right. off the fairway and you're just in a bad spot. And that's what happened here. You forget about that. Yeah. Because after the frost, like, yes, it's above freezing, but then you get that unmistakable muddy condition around like yep. any hazard area. And boy, did he slip in it. I mean, all of his legs and arms were completely covered. So Tom Kim emerges with the face of a 12-year-old covered in mud, Mike. He looked like a three-and-a-half-year-old at daycare that had too much fun at recess. Uh, quite a sight to see to start the week at Oak Hill. Yeah, not not exactly maybe how you want to start out the week. Certainly better than John Rahm. But I think the interesting sight, and we had seen some pictures of this, and of course, if you pay attention to Live Golf, you've seen this as well, is how skinny Bryson is now. He mm, like shredded yeah. some weight. He almost looks sickly to me. Almost, you know, I'm going to compare the way he looks to the way Phil looked uh, when he like shredded a lot of weight as right, well. Yeah. We also mm -hmm. thought Phil was sick. I think maybe Bryson's on the coffee bandwagon and that's what's going on here. 
Oh, the all coffee diet Phil yeah. did for like a week or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, he claimed like the number I heard was 18 pounds in 24 days, he said. He that's lost. unhealthy to me. That's got to be keto, right? That's that's the only thing that does crazy weight loss like that. Or maybe he's doing the Ozempic drug like the celebrities are doing in Hollywood these days. I don't know. He's, I don't know. He's, got, he's got something crazy going on. But yes, Bryson uh, did look completely different this past week, for sure. And it seems like on this Friday afternoon, we're going to be seeing a lot of him through the weekend because he is in the top five of the leaderboard. Um, so you, I, you I think said, he even surprised himself with, yeah. with, with his performance this week. You, you good to see him on our our live take uh let bryson was going to be toward the top there and it seems like you might be right there but at the same time i was right saying scotty was going to be toward the top so you know just saying we're both All right, right let's get to the weirdest outfit of the week because we got to talk about victor hovland I mean, uh, this is an interesting situation that's developing mike because you've seen enough golf twitter to know that victor hovland's outfits cause a lot of commotion because they're very mm-hmm. very bright jay lindeberg is the designer very fine fashion designer brand in its own right. But they've gone very, very bright and outwardly colorful with Victor Hovland's outfits, especially in recent weeks and at Oak Hill. It really blossomed through. The interesting part of this, Mike, is it, it doesn't seem like when you ask Victor Hovland, he, he's much of a bright color dresser if he was given the choice. No, I mean, everything we've seen of him off the course is that he is just like super modern and sleek looking. He just looks sharp all the time. And then he's out in the golf course. You got to put a couple pairs of sunglasses on to shade yourself from how loud the colors are. I know. And the peak for me was the Friday Ricky Fowler outfit. I mean, I, it literally took me about three and a half seconds and for him to actually pull the club back before I realized it wasn't Ricky Fowler. The full orange pants, the orange and white shirt. I mean, it was giving me all sorts of 2010 vibes, but it, it wasn't Ricky Fowler. It was Victor Hovland. Yeah, I'm curious to see what his outfits will be over the course of the weekend. Of course, you're going to have your reactions on Twitter and Instagram, Alex, uh, throughout the entire weekend of this event. So if you haven't already, by the time you're listening to this, make sure you're checking out us on Twitter. He's Course of Life 1. I'm MWRINC. We're on Instagram. He's Course of Life Alex. I'm MWRINC. And the official podcast uh, Instagram is col podcast. Yeah, let's get to this week, Mike, because uh, this is always a very curious week to me. At the what, what I refer to as the Colonial, it's the Charles Schwab Challenge, uh, Dallas area. And this is always a, a tricky week for me to forecast because Colonial is like a short, old school course that is like the complete opposite of everything we just saw at Oak Hill. Um, I'm very intrigued by this one coming up on Thursday. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. And of course, we'll see how many of the players that are committed actually still show up after uh, a major championship because there's sometimes some dropout anyway. Yeah, we do get some late Wednesday drops. Yeah, so we'll watch that as well too. Yeah. yeah. So fielding question as we talk, but the Colonial is an interesting watch because you're going to see five irons off the par- tee of par fours and there's yep. shot shaping and there's dog legs and you can't hit over the trees in a lot of parts of the Colonial. Um, so it's an interesting track to watch if you like throwback golf and you like shot shaping and point A to point B golf. This week is definitely for you. So be sure to check out the, uh, the tour colonial all right let's switch over to tune in where we share what we're tuning into outside of the world of sports alex the real reason we're recording here on a friday is because uh the next morning on saturday morning i get up at three to get in the car at three thirty to get on a plane at five to head to kansas city for my annual pilgrimage 
to the Destination Imagination Global That's Finals. Right, yeah, the annual pilgrimage. So we're in Kansas City. I know it's floated around from some different cities, uh, but we're in Kansas City. Uh, what good barbecue city. You going to have time for anything there? Uh, I hope to have some time to go get some barbecue. Uh, it was there last time I went, so there was it was there last year uh, for the first time post-COVID, and I was not able to go. Uh, but in 2019, it was in Kansas City as well before COVID struck it down for a couple of years. Did get some great barbecue at Jack Stack Barbecue. Uh, I'll have to see where else I'm going to be going for for some barbecue. Okay. And I know you said yeah. that there's something exciting that you wanted to mention regarding this trip. What, what, you're, you're doing something? You're, you're presenting something? Yeah. So so my role with Destination Imagination is I'm the chair of the what we call our alumni council. We're an elected group of alumni representatives that go ahead and help connect, engage and inspire alumni of the program and bring them back and really work with the program to, to improve the alumni experience as well. And so the program gives out a, an award every once in a while to distinguished alumni who go above and beyond and do really crazy stuff. You know, ones that are like, wow, I know that person, even if I didn't know they were an alumni of Destination Imagination. Mm, okay. uh, and so this year, we're giving it to a certain three-time Oscar winner. Wow. Uh, Daniel Scheinart, half of the Daniels who wrote, directed, and produced everything everywhere all at once. Oh, okay. Wow, that's and, a name. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm having the the incredible honor and pleasure of being able to present that to him at our Saturday night welcome ceremony. Uh, so that's that's going to be a lot of fun. So for you sure. on stage with yeah. one half of the Daniels? Wait, you're literally handing him the award? What's going I on here? I believe I will be. You know, this oh, isn't the boy. Oscars where there's someone else standing there, you know, an award person to hand the award. I, I think I may either have it on stage with me or something. So, Wait, so uh, you're the beautiful trophy suit. girl that's giving the award out <laughs> to the celebrity? Yeah, no trophy girls. Amazing. No trophy girls. <laughs> Wow, that's really cool. I'm looking forward to seeing all, all that from your trip. That should be fun, man. Yeah, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, again, I'll be posting on my Instagram, M-W-R-I-N-C. So if you're not following, follow there. Well, you can see some of the stuff I did during the week there. Uh, but let's talk about uh, what you did with uh, follow up from what we talked about last week with you. Yeah, the timeless songs, Mike. I'm really transfixed on this. See, the problem is once you start a list like this, that's just so open-ended I'm wondering if I have to put a cap on this, like yeah, how many songs are on this list. Well, maybe. You know, it's hard. You you didn't want to put a cap on how many Queen songs were on there. So the you, Beatles, I mean, you can't cap like some artists to only one or two songs. You just so we're, just, we're, we're compiling a list just because I have nothing better to do with my life of songs that are just timeless, just undeniable, just these are great songs. They're timeless. You know, everyone knows them, likes them. All right. Well, we're going to get some, a couple new submissions here. I'll run about 10 by you real quick. Okay. Uh, Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. Yes or no? I mean, yes, but it's a timeless Christmas song. I don't want to hear that in the middle of June. Right. It is very seasonable, seasonal, but well, I mean, when it's time, Mike, that's it literally goes to number one on the billboard every year. Yes, but but I think it's a different it's on a different list. It's not on a timeless <laughs> song list, it's on a timeless Christmas song list. It's the go Christmas song. That, that we do now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh you two beautiful day. Yes. Yeah, that was a quick yes from you. I like that. Yeah, I like uh, that one. Bon Jovi living on a prayer. I mean, yes, there are some people that hate Bon Jovi, but yes, we know what that song is. All right, I'm going to go a little modern with you here. I'm going to get curious to get your take on this. Rihanna, Umbrella. Mm. Yeah, that'll work. I, I like think. that. Yeah. I, I like that you're flexible here. You understand the nature of this. Okay, uh, Adele, hello. 
I mean, there's a lot of Adele songs you could do. There but. are. And I don't even like Hello, to be honest. I, I jokingly turn different. it off every time it's on the radio. But it is a, it's a classic, though. Yeah. I can't deny yeah. that. Okay. Okay. Um, Temptations, My Girl. Yep, definitely. Beatles, Hey Jude. Yep, obviously. Earth, Wind & Fire, September. Oh, yeah. Classic. I'm going to stop right there because I, I, okay. I hit a lot of good yeses for you right I'm there. I'm going to give you another one, which I'm going to throw out there into the ether and you can decide. Okay. The Macarena. It, it, it is. Oh. Adding. It, it is. <laughs> it, ah, I don't know, though, because does it still hit to this day? It, does, it, it For me, it does. Is it like Gangnam Style? Is Gangnam Style on your list? Oh, because God. That's, uh, that's, that's getting down a rabbit hole there because then you're just getting into like a viral song. You know what I mean? Yes, but I feel like if Gangnam, if Gangnam Style comes on, we're all like, oh, man, it's Gangnam Style. Um, Interesting. So, okay, the, the debate rolls on. If you have any timeless songs, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. The, the list is seemingly never ending. I'm, I'm wondering if I may put a hundred song cap on this and we vote songs in, vote them out. But there, there's something to this, uh, so we'll keep it rolling for another week. All right, let's get into this week's guest. It's always cool when we have like a non-golfer on who's big in other parts of the world. And um, you've had a number of different Hollywood celebrities join the show, Alex, who love the game of golf. Because golf is just universal. Which is fun to say. It's because, you know, you and I were in this, this stratosphere where we kind of thought that it would be all golfers that joined the show. Mm-hmm. But we quickly realized how, how universal the game is and that everyone plays. And our next guest plays as well, too. Um, I met him at the Invited Celebrity Classic in Dallas last month. Uh, Robbie Amell, a movie star. He's been in several TV shows that you know, and we run through a lot of his amazing career and a really cool show that he is on uh, right now as well, too. So really cool conversation with Robbie Amell coming your way. But first, before we get into that conversation with Robbie, let's talk about our good friends at Desert Fox Golf. They make super duper awesome phone caddies. I know I use odd descriptors to say that super duper, Alex, but it is probably my favorite accessory in my golf bag. And it's great for large events and group outings and things like that. That's right, because you can get your logo slapped on it. So that when you're doing a large event, everyone gets one with your logo. Nice they parting gift, you. nice thing, part of the swag bag, you know? Exactly. And if you're doing a large golf outing, Alex, how many how many people do you think are coming? How many pieces of swag do you need for I them? mean, so many. Think about it. On every cart, you know, at least, you know, 100, 200. I mean, and you, every employee's got to get one. You got to give a bag to everyone who's there. So Exactly. And Desert Fox wants to give you... A little extra something simply because we're referring you to that. That's right. Yeah. It's basically they're going to give you $100 if you just say the course of life sent you and you book an event through Desert Fox and buy their products for your golf event, your golf outing, your company outing, or just a nice employee gift as well, too. Um, so again, just tell, tell them course of life sent you and you can get a $100 referral bonus for literally any any Desert Fox event as long as there's 100 people there. That's it. It's, it's easy as pie, Mike. Free money's on the table from Desert Fox. How about that? Literally. Literally. You can check out everything they have at DesertFoxGolf.com. The phone caddy. They've got the uh, Swing A Tumbler, which is great as well, uh, and a lot of other cool accessories that you can have in your swag bag. You can do an entire Desert Fox swag bag, really, of just nothing but Desert Fox stuff. So again, it's DesertFoxGolf.com. You can also reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter as well. We've said those handles a bunch. We'll say them again, though. M-W-R-I-N-C, Course of Life, Alex, C-O-L, Podcast. Drop us a line. We'll get you in touch with the guys at Desert Fox, and they'll help you out for your big event. DesertFoxGolf.com. 
Next up on the tee, you may know him from CW shows like The Flash or the Scooby-Doo series and a number of really cool projects he's been in. Uh, and also the new Amazon series Upload, which is heading into a new season. And there's an announcement there that we'll get to. We've got Robbie Amell joining us on The Course of Life. Robbie, how's everything going today? Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely, my man. Yeah, the last time we saw each other was a couple weeks ago uh, out in Dallas, Texas at the Invited Celebrity Classic. And, uh, you know, you were working hard on your game when we talked. Uh, I'm curious what that vibe is like for you uh, playing golf in front of a crowd and in that kind of tournament atmosphere. Oh, man. The first tee is terrifying. Um, <laughs> it's so funny because it's like it's just an ego thing. It has nobody cares if I can golf. I'm not there to be a professional golfer you're there to watch you know some of the best in the world but you know the mental hurdle of people watching you do something is uh is surprisingly scary it was funny i heard uh i was talking to glenn day who was one of the pros i played with who was right. just an awesome and he was like why are you so like i was like man i'm so nervous he's like why are you nervous i'm like glenn what if I handed you a bunch of script pages and started recording you and said, let's shoot a scene. And he's like, I wouldn't do it. I'm like, exactly. I'm like, you're out of your comfort zone. I'm like, I love golf, but, but I'm not used to playing it in front of people. Yeah. It's funny just because people know you by name, they expect you to be like good at everything. And and, and, and that's, that can be far from the reality, especially with golf, a game that is just a never ending uh, pursuit. I'm curious, um, your time is spent. What, what, what's your mix between where you are in Toronto now and, and Los Angeles and, and what's your, your golf schedule look like around the year? So we moved back. I lived in LA for like 14 years. I thought I would play a lot of golf when I moved to LA, but I was just a broke actor trying to, Mm. trying to survive. And I didn't have money to play. And then as I got a little bit of success, I started to play a little more. And then I joined a club in LA, uh, a few years ago, um, a a couple of years before COVID. So I guess it's more like five years ago now, but time doesn't make any sense since COVID. Um, But uh, my wife and I moved back to Toronto, so I joined a a club out here, and it's awesome from, like, May to November, but uh, there's not much of a golf season after that. So I I try and get back to L.A. as much as I can. My dad and I took a a trip to L.A. right before the Invited Celebrity Classic, which was supposed to be just to kind of hone my game a little bit, but we ended up playing eight rounds in four days, which was probably detrimental to my game at the tournament because i was exhausted my dad is 75 years old and he played he played all eight rounds we landed on a tuesday we played tuesday afternoon 36 wednesday 36 thursday 36 friday 18 on saturday before we got on a plane saturday afternoon and uh He's an animal. Yeah, I think I'm more impressed with him at 75 playing 36 holes a day than, than you finishing. I kept saying, I kept saying to him, I'm like, we, you know, you okay? He's, I'm like, I'm pretty tired. He goes, shit, no. <laughs> He's like, we got to golf. He's like, it's still cold at home. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, I mean, t- talk to me what, what what that's like connecting with fellow personalities in Los Angeles. I know that's a huge community that I'm getting to know on the golf side. And um, you and I were talking with Wells Adams, who we just had on the show recently as well, too, um, playing out at Lakeside and things like that. Um, what, what's that community like for you uh, when you get back out there to L.A. and play? Um, I mean, it's great. I, I, I joined a little thing called the Golf and Gaming Club, which um, – which some uh, some some gamers started. I've seen COVID. that on Instagram. And, yeah, yeah, it's grown into. I think they're up to like a hundred forty members or something like that. And um, it's great because 
I didn't have a ton of friends who golfed. I had play like people I would play with at Lakeside. Um, but uh, I, I didn't have a ton of friends who, who played the game. Me and my buddy Josh would play together more than anything. And now we get these once-a-month tournaments with all these guys. Um, the handicaps range from, like, a, a scratch to brand-new golfers. So all the format or most of the formats are shamble or scramble formats. And it's a great way to get out there and, and, and meet other golfers. Um, you know, and it's, it's people in my industry, it's people in the gaming industry. It's, it's kind of a mix of everything. Nice. Um, what do you, what are your favorite, what do you like to play game wise these days? Are, are you much of a gamer yourself? Uh, I, I, I am. <laughs> I, uh, I've got my really, really nerdy game I play, which is actually over a 20, it's, it's over 20 years old now, probably even more. It's called Diablo 2. Oh yes. I Remember that. Yeah. yeah I grew up playing it with my buddy uh, who I played hockey with and we nerded out on it when we were kids. And, um, there's some, there's some, uh, some Canadian guys that modded it and they bring out a new, a new version of the game every few months. So we always jump back in for a couple of weeks. And then, uh, my first person shooter is, uh, apex legends, which I play with, uh, with a few buddies. Cool. Heard of it by name. Wow. Diablo two. What a throwback. Hadn't heard that name in a while. That was cool. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's real, real, real nerdy, but it's really great. <laughs> Definitely love it. <laughs> love it. Appreciate it. Hey Robbie, let's talk about uh, the golf and hockey connection. I'm curious. Cause I know you grew up playing a lot, obviously, growing up where you are it's it's definitely a rite of passage but it sounded like you played pretty competitive hockey growing up um what was that experience like for you because i i know going to a college in the united states that recruited canadian hockey players actively just how crazy competitive that whole that whole uh scene is yeah it's pretty wild you know if you're gonna be drafted by like 12 years old it's, <laughs> it's pretty nuts um i i played double a my entire my entire life um I was going to go up to AAA, but our AA team stuck together because we we were really good. Mm. And uh, we ended up coming second in Ontario, um, you know, our final our final year of pushing for it. We lost one nothing in overtime in the Silver Stick tournament, which is another huge U.S. and Canadian tournament that kind of spans spans the two countries. So. Um, I loved it. I, I, I grew up loving it. The weird thing is I never really looked at it as a career. I never really thought I would be an, an NHL player. I, I have buddies or I have guys I played against who went, um, went to the NHL, but I always kind of thought of like, Oh, maybe I'll just use this to, to get through college. And I figured I would get into some kind of sports medicine. Right. Um, and then I booked my first movie the summer before 11th grade, which was Cheaper by the Dozen 2. And um, I quit hockey and just decided to try and give it a shot. And uh, luckily, it's worked out so far. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I'm curious from a hockey perspective with with your golf. I, I grew up in Massachusetts where a ton of hockey players were on the golf team alongside me. Do you take a lot of comparisons from, from the, the motion of hitting a puck with the slap shot motion versus a golf swing or, or do you see them as different? To be honest with you, I started playing both games so young that I'm sure there, you know, I'm sure there was, there was similarities, similarities and help from one game to the other, but I never really think of like hitting a golf ball like a slap shot or, or vice versa. But I, you know, I, I, I was brought up playing by my dad uh, on the golf side and hockey. I mean, I started skating when I was like four. Um, so I, I'm, I'm too, it was too young for me to remember 
if I was comparing the two or, or merging them together, I just kind of was like, this is my off season sport with golf. And, um, and my, you know, my grandfather and my dad both played. So I, I was always getting opportunities to go out with them and play. And, um, I just loved it. But, um, but I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely something there. Like, you know, tennis players are normally pretty good golfers, right? Yeah. hockey players, baseball players. It's the hand-eye coordination. It's, um, you know, a lot of the tennis players, you've got the, the wrist movement hockey players. You definitely have the hips, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, Jeremy Roenick is a hell of a player. He's, and, uh, uh, Justin Williams is a hell of a player. There were some good players at the celebrity classic who were ex NHLers. There were, yeah. We saw Mike Madonna out there. How about like maybe t- imagine telling 10 year old Robbie Amell that you'd be playing in a golf tournament alongside Jeremy Roenick and Mike Madonna. How about that thought? Yeah, that was pretty wicked. Just getting to meet those guys. Madano was way taller than I thought. I always thought he was a smaller player right, for yeah. some reason. He's got the longest arms I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> really cool stuff to see the former athletes out there too. Again, Robbie Mel joining us here. Let's talk about an old project and, and the current one going on right now. Um, I wanted to touch on, on a great movie that you made that I love rewatching with my wife. And I'm talking about the Duff and it had a, a really fun cast that you were there uh, in, in working alongside Allison Janney, Kang Jong, Mae Whitman. I'm just curious, what are your favorite memories from filming uh, that movie alongside such a, like an amazing like tour de force and, and comedic acting? Oh yeah, I mean it was funny. I've, I've done two movies with Allison Jenny, and I've, I've barely had any scenes with her at all. We never talked to each other on screen, and she's so talented. I wish I got to do more with her. But uh, Mae Whitman is a genius. She's so funny. The first scene we shot together on that movie is when she has to do the like fashion show of trying on clothes, and she's dancing. Yes. And like that's just a hard, hard, hard scene. That's a hard sure. first scene too. Yeah, <laughs> it's a one woman show, and she absolutely crushed it. And um, we just had a lot of fun. My my whole goal for that movie was just to try and make her laugh. And uh, it's funny. I read the script, and it was very she's all that, but the character didn't have a ton of redeeming qualities. And I talked to my wife about it. I was like, I don't know. And my wife was like, you have to do this movie. And uh, CBS Films, we like, we had a talk and they mentioned Mae Whitman. And I was like, oh man, like if you're going, if you get Mae, this is, you know, this is definitely a different version of the movie. I was a big fan of hers from Arrested Development. And uh, my wife was a massive fan of hers from Parenthood. So um, it was just awesome. Ken Jong was like the sweetest person ever. It, it feels fake. He's so nice. That's good to hear. Yeah. That's reinforcing for the movie fans out there. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. That was a it was my first lead role in a feature. Um, it was great. It was a ton of fun. Awesome. I want to get to the Amazon series upload right now. Uh, first two seasons are out right now, and it's an absolutely fascinating concept around choosing, dictating, and working everything surrounding your afterlife. Something that everyone thinks about, you know, from time to time, whether it's day or night. You have those moments when you where you always wonder what that future looks like. Um, I'm curious what it's been like for you to kind of wrap your head around the the plot of the series as as you film the first two seasons and and, and the third now as well well i mean it's we greg daniels who created the show he did parks and rec in the office he's he's brilliant um the crazy thing is we shot the pilot like five years ago now because it was a it was just a long time from pilot to series and then covid was in the middle of season one and season two so there have been like some some serious speed bumps but it's only made the show more relevant as uh 
as as it's been on the air. There's a bunch of stuff that we shot in the show that became real life in between seasons, which is kind of a bummer because, you know, we did it first and then it became real and it looked like we, you know, we were copying things in the real world. Yeah. Um, I, even just the idea of like, I saw an article recently and it was like, by the end of 2023, you're going to be able to have AI versions of family members who can live forever. And it's just like so weird and it's it's just becoming more and more real um so i think you know i think it poses interesting questions i think it's super subjective some people are really into it some people are like this is not something my future i want my future to be a part of but um it's great i mean getting to work with greg and and the cast that he put together is is so much fun so season three we shot uh, August, September, October of last year. So it should be out um, in the fall this this year. But season three is really, really weird and wacky. And, and I think it's my favorite season. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment. And I want to talk about a couple of, of, of neat moments from the show. One of them is, is a conversation I have ongoing with my wife and my friends. That That's a great conversation piece, which is around having an actual human conversation with your dog, which is something that happens on upload. But we get in this all the time. And I actually like to hypothesize, you know, how much would you pay just to have a five minute conversation with your dog in, in human speak and tell them everything you want to tell them about how to behave and be the greatest dog? Um, I'm curious, um, what do you have a dog yourself? And um, I'm sure that you pay probably an endless amount of money to have a five minute conversation with your dog, right? Oh, yeah, it would be stupid. Um, uh, and then there's no way it would live up to the amount of money that we just based on my dog's personality, it would be a short conversation. And I'm pretty sure I know everything she's thinking already anyway. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the show is super fun. It explores weird things like that. They're like, we use them as pet therapists. So it's like you sit with a dog and, and the dog kind of talks you through your problems. <laughs> it's just, um, it's very fun and it's very weird to get a script and read something like that and be like, man, I wonder how they're going to do this. And, uh, you know, you just, we shot with these really well-trained, beautiful dogs and then they CG the mouth moving when you want it to talk and you pick a, a great voice actor to do the rest of the work. And, uh, it's uh, it's very odd, but it's every time I get a new script, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's very thought provoking indeed. I wanted to touch on for for our golfing audience. Uh, let's give a tease about golf and the afterlife. You know, g- give everyone out there the vision of, of what golf is in, is like in the afterlife. Because I I know there's golf scenes throughout Upload, and um, it's yeah, it's quite a euphoric setting. There's an early scene in one of the early episodes. Um, the 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 rich guy who lives across the hall from me who who uh may have some some evil uh undertones he takes me golfing and uh um um he's terrible and and i'm naturally good at it even though i've never played before which really pisses him off and then uh arnold palmer shows up you get a you get like you remember the uh tupac hologram you get the arnold palmer hologram amazing uh pop up so it's just like it's fun weird stuff like that where it's you know it's sci-fi but we try and ground it in in real problems and 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 real people but uh we get to have fun with with some out of the box stuff like that yeah so again it's the up- upload it's amazon prime series uh season one or two out now to stream uh let's do just do a quick little season three tease i heard you say the word wacky for for season three. Oh yeah um what 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 else can we can we tease as we head into the new potential season when that airs later this year hopefully well greg is um he loves his cliffhangers so season one had a huge cliffhanger season two had a huge cliffhanger 
And um, season three, I don't think it's much of a spoiler because the the whole uh, um, like photo shoot we did for season three, there's two of me because there's multiple versions of me in season three. So uh, um, it was very weird. I had to act opposite a, a photo double, which would just be someone who looks like me from behind. And then they would take him away. And I would act to nothing opposite me and then a green screen and I would have an earwig in my ear playing back the dialogue that I had just said to Whoa. nobody. And then I had to talk back to myself and try and time out the dialogue. It was totally, it was the weirdest acting experience of my life, but it was a lot of fun. And um, uh, uh, it, the show's just the, like... I can't give away too much, but everybody gets their their odd moments in season three, which is really good. Love it. Very cool. Yeah, that sounds like a trippy process, that recording with your double. Very fascinating. Robbie Mel, again, joining us. Uh, Amazon series upload, season three coming soon. Let's do a quick this or that for you, some quick rapid fire questions. The first one's an interesting one. Um, for an upcoming movie, let's say you are in a sports movie, Robbie Mel. I know you got a big hockey background. I also know that you would love to avenge some football background as well, too, from a previous role. So the question is, would you rather win a Super Bowl or win a Stanley Cup in an upcoming movie? Stanley Cup. No Stanley question. Cup. That's the hockey player in you right there. I love that. <laughs> and then uh, hot dog or protein bar at the turn when you are when you get through nine holes? Oh, boy. It depends on the hot dog. A great hot dog is an easy win, but a bad hot dog is a nightmare. They can be, yes. Uh, w- would you rather make a hole-in-one or an albatross the next time you golf? Uh, now I have a hole in one. It was a terrible shot, but I would rather have an albatross. It is pretty. It is pretty rare. I will say. So yeah, I don't. I don't hate you for that. And uh, sunrise golf or sunset? Sunset. I'm not much of a morning person. Fair enough. And, and uh, a lower score for 18 holes. Would you do it uh, playing righty but with one hand, or playing lefty with both of your hands? How do you think you'd play better? Probably. Lefty both hands. Yeah, I think so too. I I, I argue lefty <laughs> against my co-host. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm trying to think of how far I could hit a ball because I've messed around right-handed or left-handed, but I haven't messed around a ton one-handed. And I think I would just get into more trouble with the uh, um with single hand. Yeah, maybe the hockey player in you figures out the opposite side, you know, a little wrist shot, a little slapper, something like that down the fairway. I think you could make it happen. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. We always end with food, so let's wrap with a couple of quick food questions. And the first one I'm really curious about is I want to ask about cured catering. T- tell me a little bit about the, the background on cured catering and, and the business you're in there. Yeah, um, my my buddy Simon uh, and his sister Eliza, they uh, own... They, they started a company. My wife uh, loves charcuterie boards and I love to eat food and uh, they're just great friends of ours and they wanted us to be involved. And uh, it kind of uh, grew from being this charcuterie business to a lot more. Um, but it's it's just like really beautiful tailored platters of uh, charcuterie, candy, gift boxes, um, we now like ship worldwide on some of the items because we've found you know ways to seal them and preserve them uh, while maintaining high, really high quality ingredients. Nice. Um, selfishly, it's just a great way for us to get um, party platters whenever we host people over. 
Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the boards are exquisite. You you, you need to check out Cure Catering on Instagram because the displays are unbelievable. Yeah, so. Yes. Yeah, that's all Simon and Eliza. They do an incredible job. Shout out Simon and Eliza. Love that. All right, and we'll wrap with our 19th hole question for you, Robbie. This one's pretty easy. Uh, you get into your favorite clubhouse. What's your go-to order? What's your favorite meal and drink to order at the 19th hole? Oh, man. Um, I Because I grew up golfing, there's a special place in my heart for chicken fingers and fries when I, when I come into the clubhouse. Nice. Uh, and uh, depending on if we're on the patio, a cold beer or a Rattler is amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, fingers and fries. Can't go wrong. What's the, what's the dipping sauce to go with them? Oh, sweet and sour plum sauce. The, 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 the classic. I love that. Awesome. Hey, Robbie, thanks again for hopping on the course of life. Looking forward to see the progress of your golf game, season three upload and everything else you got in store as well, too. Thanks a lot. Really nice talking with you. And we're back. Great chat there with Robbie. Season three of Upload coming later Season this three, year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I like, Alex, that you sometimes go deep with our guests. <laughs> I, do. I didn't about. intend to go that deep on the afterlife, <laughs> but it's the nature of the show. It's like yeah. it's one of those shows that really gets you thinking like, geez, all right. I know I'm just listening to a podcast right now, but God, yeah, I maybe there is an afterlife. Yeah. What is golf life like in the afterlife? I'm going to need to know that. Is it harder, easier? I mean, these are things to think about, I guess, right? I mean, we're just going to have to change the name of the show to the to course of the afterlife. Ooh, that's good. You, you've already got the sequel written. Wow. Yeah. Nice work go. there. Good stuff. <laughs> Hey, if you like that interview uh, with Robbie, plus everything else we do here on this podcast, go ahead and give us a rating on the podcast app you're using right now. Or if you're listening to us on YouTube, because we post the episodes on YouTube as well. Uh, Four stars, five stars, thumbs up, uh, whatever you feel is an appropriate rating to give us after you've listened to like 40, 50 minutes of this show. If you're that deep, you're probably going to give us at least three stars just out of charity at this point. I mean, yes. That's what I would expect. Nothing <laughs> less than three stars. Uh, and uh, so go ahead and do that and make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss a new episode as well. Let's talk a little basketball real quick because we're uh, on the bandwagon with the Celtics. What are we thinking? Are we uh, playing the Nuggets? Because it looks like the Nuggets. Yeah, it looks like the Nuggets on the West Western Conference. Celtics in for a long series. For sure. that They're one of those teams, Mike, that are so infuriating because they have all the talent to win a championship and it feels like they should either this year or last year or in recent years, but they just can't put it together in the most clutch of moments. And that's been their Achilles heel and it continues to show through. So just another grind of a series for Boston sports fans. We're so used to this, but hey, at least it doesn't look like Le- LeBron's on the other end of things. But you know, time will tell this week. We'll see. We, we will see indeed. And in the meantime, while we wait for that to uh, conclude itself, let's hashtag always end with food. Yes, food segment to end every Course of Life podcast episode. And I'll start with an interesting story that went pretty viral this week, and I don't know if you saw it, but there mm. was a very frugal bride who got married in Georgia, and she went viral on TikTok because she catered her entire wedding buying to-go food from Chili's putting it in catering trays and serving it. She did all of her catering, Mike, for under $2,000. Now, you and I know farewell that catering for a wedding costs way more than that on average. So I guess what, what are your, what's, what's your quick hot take thoughts on uh, wedding catering from Chili's? 
did we get the uh, quesadilla explosion salad? Because that's a good salad. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of different apps on there. The receipt yeah. was, uh, you would have laughed at the receipt. It's so long. It's like a CVS receipt. It's amazing. Uh, but I mean, I have no hatred towards the story no, at all. I'm actually none. very okay. If I went to a, a wedding of any caliber and found out that we're just having a bunch of chilies, apps, and snacks, I would be very content with that menu. Are we getting chilies baby back ribs? I don't know if I saw ribs on there, to be honest, but you'd have oh, to think on. there were some racks, right? Got to be some racks of ribs. I, right? I mean, I mean, I would not be upset to see chilies as as the food at a wedding, and it would be better than a lot of food I've gotten at weddings. Probably. And you know me, I knew a lot of weddings when I was a wedding videographer, so yeah, I've been to a lot of weddings. Yeah, because there's so many bland chicken breasts out there and, yeah. and potatoes and veggies. You can only do Dress, so many ways. Steak yeah. and all that. Yeah, it's just, yeah. No. Okay. No hate I'm, I'm, for, the, for the wedding catering nah. from chilies. I like that. No. Uh, you know, I went this week, I went to a new restaurant for me. My wife has been a bunch. It's a place called Nom Nom in Savannah. They okay. do poke bowls and different things. Nice. And they brought out hot sauce, which I have never seen before. It was a yellow sriracha. Have you ever mm. seen a yellow sriracha before? So there's a sauce in the Austin area called a Thunderbird sauce. And I think yeah. it might be something similar, but I'm doubting it's as hot as the one that you experienced. It actually wasn't that hot at all. I was really surprised. Oh, okay. It was nice Maybe and mild. It's less hot than a regular red sriracha, which was kind of nice. It was kind of a little, it was, it was really well balanced. I was really happy with it. Yeah, you know, I've hit the Poke Bowl revolution in the last few years too. That's something I, I wouldn't have normally gotten for, for a lunch, but weekday lunches, there's a couple places in town here where i'm very much in on the poke bowl so yellow sriracha interesting it was it was good i recommend 10 out of 10 would recommend like that all right that's a wrap on always end with food and another great course of life thank you to everyone for tuning in and i look forward to seeing you next week